chapter 3, we're going to read from there today. I'm not going to do this. Thank you, church, for voting for number 3. All right. Although it would be fun. <laughs> now, um, uh, you know, uh, going back to the Bible here, you know, the Bible, the Bible is, a, is a good book. How many believe that it's a good book? There's 66 books in it, in the, in the Word. You know, and in the Bible, there are many teachings. Many teachings, uh, doctrines and, uh, that, that, that are all throughout the 66 books. And some of them is what we, call, we, can, we can call as primary teachings, the fundamentals, you know. Uh, and, and then you have the secondary teachings. Um, uh, the, the, the secondary teachings, you know, Christians over the years have disagreed on a number of those secondary issues. Um, um, for example, let's say things like uh, that relate to prophecy, or interpretation of the book of Revelation. And Christians haven't always seen eye to eye regarding the secondary uh, teachings of the Bible, secondary matters of the Bible, because we hear it differently and we have all different backgrounds. And, and even theologians, great theologians, don't always see eye to eye. And you know, and that's okay. And we are not to argue about those things. In fact, we could have uh, good conversations about it. We could have a discussion and conversations in good spirit. Okay, but we are not to, to argue about uh, those types of things in the Bible. And, uh, and there are many things in the, scripture that, uh, in the Scriptures that Christians worldwide and over the years have not had uh, the same total agreement in. And that's absolutely okay. Okay? Now then you have the primary truths. And the primary truths, the fundamentals, those are the issues that have utmost importance. And that's the title of the message today, utmost importance. And if you don't understand those teachings... You don't understand what Christianity is all about. And they are among the teachings, um, and, and, and these are, you know, uh, and, and, and different ones, you know, we, and, and I met different ones of you that have different backgrounds, like I, you know, Pentecostal, uh, Protestants, Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist, Adventist, you name it. Those words are ours. They mean nothing to God. According to God, there are only two kinds of people. They are believers and they are non-believers. Whatever other label you wear, you really, at the end of the day, there are people in all these churches that are either believers or non-believers. Now, when you go to the, to the primary teachings, there's this one that we're going to read about today that is Jesus places as the highest value, as the highest um, uh, importance in our lives. If you don't understand that, not only can you not check your own, check your own faith, you will know what to teach your children, and, and you will not be able to help anybody else that need anything. And this is what I would say, the one truth that is at, of uttermost importance in the Scripture. John chapter 3, go with me. And I've seen many times you talk to Christians. I've even had talks, conversations with ministers. When you have maybe on a roundtable discussion, you talk about things like, at the end of the day, what is this all about? What is it? And sometimes people will not even be able to properly articulate uh, what this is all about. Is it all about worship? I mean, if it was all about worship, why, what are we doing here on earth? God will take us up to heaven where real worship is going on. Can you imagine if you saw Jesus face to face, what kind of praise, what kind of worship you would have? Can you imagine what kind of worship experience that would be? It would be absolutely dynamic. So obviously, as worship is great and absolutely wonderful, 
What we have on earth is absolutely not, we know that there is greater worship than what we have here. Okay? Is it about the, the Bible? Is it about the Word of God? Getting a lot of knowledge and, and understanding the Scriptures? You know, um, uh, that is good, and it's great to increase your knowledge of the Word of God. But according to 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it says that we actually see things through a glass, if you would, or through a mirror, if you would. We don't completely see clearly. In fact, another scripture says that even prophets prophesy in part because they don't see the complete big picture. And that's why you'll have even theologians not even sometimes miss the, the real thing, but yet they have so much knowledge of the Word of God. Are you with me? So Jesus explains this other most important thing in John chapter 3. It says in verse 1 that there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. He says, Rabbi, which means a teacher. We all know that God sent you. God sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs, all the things that you do are evidence that God is with you. And uh, he probably came to Jesus at night because he was fearful. It says right there that he was a member uh, of the, uh, he was a Pharisee. He was one of, the, uh, one of the leaders of the religious order, a highest peak of the religious teachers of the law at the time in the Jewish tradition. And he comes to Jesus and says, I get, I get you. We understand you. I, I, we know this, that you are from God. He probably would have gone to Jesus in the middle of the day. He would have been ostracized with his friends. He would have been given a very hard time and because they all opposed Jesus very much. They thought Jesus was a fraud. I don't think they, it was only jealousy. They literally thought that Jesus was a fraud because in their minds, in their hearts, what they thought the Messiah would be did not fit at all Jesus. They thought it would be this magnificent world leader that will come and absolutely change the Roman government and how they operate. He will challenge Caesar Augustus. He will challenge the status quo. And yet, a man who came, born in a manger, in a nowhere town, in a nowhere family. So, and, and, and now he's calling himself, making all these blasphemous statements, calling himself God, a son of God. How crazy. They thought he was a fraud. And he was part of this group. But Jesus, as if he would scud everything that he says, he takes a complete corner of the conversation. He does not even take all these accolades and compliments that uh, Nicodemus was giving him. He immediately goes right to the point. Verse 3, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Didn't even answer his question, changed the topic, went right to the point. Unless I tell you the truth, Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4, what do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back in his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one, I mean no one, can enter the kingdom of God without being born again. Not one person, no one. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of God, is spirit. New Living Translation says humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Verse 7 says, do not be surprised when I say to you, you must 
be born again. Say that with me. You must be born again. One of the few times where Jesus uses that mandatory, coercive, you must. There are no options. You could come up with anything in the world, but this one truth, not one. I don't care how good, how bad, how educated, how witty you are, how small, how big you are, it does not matter. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born again. So you go on through the same chapter, and I won't read all the verses, but let's go down to verse 16, the verse that we all know. For God so loved the world that he gave... In fact, let's read. Can we read it together? It's up there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. Verse 17 goes on to say that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but by that, but that the world through him might be saved. I had that verse 17 memorized in a different translation, so that's why I'm tripping up here. Now, notice a couple of things. God gave his son, and God sent his son. He, the, 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 the giving is a sacrificial part of God. God gave his son to die for us. He sacrificed his life for us. He was a, the lamb, the perfect lamb of God that uh, replaced all the Old Testament traditions of an offering, of an offering of animals of this nature and this nature. Read the book of Leviticus and boy, you cannot count the number of offerings that they had to give. There was an offering for just literally about anything. And then God sent his son into our world. It's a mission. He sent him to us to save us. He did not send his son to judge us. He sent his son to save us. This is something that every Christian ought to think about. It's so, so, so important for us. We are not to judge people. We are to save people. God sent not his son to judge us, but he sent his son to save us. He sent us to be saviors. That is our call. We are called to be saviors, small s. And represent the Savior, big S, Jesus. Nicodemus comes right back. See, in the Tamil, this is a central text of the Judaism, rabbinic Judaism. There's a story that's written there. There's an account about uh, 70 AD, after the destruction of the Temple of Jerusalem and uh, by the Roman Empire. Um, uh, there's a written, writing that recognizes two people, recognizes uh, Nicodemus. He says that there was a man that was there. His name was Nicodemus. He was a member of the, uh, of the, of the Pharisee, of, of the Sanhedrin, and that, that he's accounted there, that he survived all the craziness that happened of the destruction of the, of the temple. And, uh, and they labeled him as one who believed in Yeshua. There was another guy who was Joseph of Arimathea. He's the man who provided the tomb for Jesus, also listed there. They acknowledged these guys because they were part of the, uh, of the Pharisees who opposed and condemned Jesus part to part. But yet they were, they were always... It would, can you imagine their lives when they went back to their peers and their peers thought that this Jesus of Nazareth was a fraud? He was a weird religious teacher who knew nothing about God's order. And this guy stood by Jesus. He stood. And there's evidence outside of Christian writings that, uh, that acknowledges that. 
And he came by night probably embarrassed. And Jesus says, you must be born again. Jesus jumps right in, into, into that. Jesus saying, I, I, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you cannot understand the Bible. The Bible cannot, is, is just a mere book. You cannot understand the Bible as, a, as food for your soul. You know, some of you never, never got it. I never got it before. Unless you're born again, you cannot understand the movings of the Spirit. Unless you're born again, you, don't, you can't understand the peace of God that surpasses knowledge. You cannot understand, unless you're born again, you cannot understand unspeakable joy. That even in the middle of sorrow and very crazy, life-altering altering things, you can still have joy. Not say happy, but you can have inner joy and inner assurance of your life. Those things don't just come by chance. Unless you're born again, you cannot, you cannot understand these things. You could go to church. You could try to live a good life. You can read the Bible every day. You could compare yourself with others. But you are as far from God as we are from the sun, 93 million miles away. Jesus is telling Nicodemus, you are a teacher in Israel. You are an elder in Israel. And you don't even know this because you haven't even started yet unless you are born again. Now, eternal life is another realm of life that you have to be, to be introduced to. It's a life given and birthed by God. It says flesh gives birth to flesh. The Spirit gives life to spirit. And, 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 and I meet, you meet people all the time. You could have a Christian meeting, even like we have this morning. And, um, and God is moving. People are worshiping. People are crying. People are happy. And many times, you could have a, people come in such a meeting and not get it. They cannot connect the, the dots. Why are they so happy they are crying? What's this energy going on here? They're trying to make sense of it, but you cannot understand it unless you're in. In Kenya, uh, where I grew up, uh, one tradition that people do uh, is like we drink a lot of chai. And chai, uh, the Kenyan chai, is like it's, a, it's this uh, tea latte. Think of it as a latte, but it's tea related. And Kenyan tea, they say it's the best. I believe them. It is the best. But anyway, you go into every Kenyan home as a guest, any time of the day, hot or cold, one of the things that you're welcome with is a cup of chai. And when you uh, say, hey, let's have some chai, you don't say, oh, well, I just had coffee. I stopped at Starbucks before I got here. You drink the chai. Because it's rude to not drink the chai. And traditionally, that chai is always sweet. The sugar is actually boiled with the tea and the milk and, and all the different spices that go into it. And so, but over time, you know, you get all these healthy people. God bless you all. And they don't want sugar and all that kind of stuff, you know. So people kind of started changing um, uh, the way they made chai. They wouldn't put the sugar in it and put the little sugar on the side. So if you want sugar, you could do your sugar. But the real chai, the sugar is boiled in and it's all mixed up in it and it, it's good. And it tastes, it kind of get a good amen. I hear that. Some people have, I have, I have enjoyed the experience. And it's a whole experience. In fact, it's funny. One of our biggest fights in our marriage, my wife and I, all the time, is when um, it's weekends and uh, sometimes where I like to just wake up in the morning when it's a day off or a weekend, I like to just sit down 
get my cup of chai, sit down, relax, and enjoy the experience. And it could take me an hour. I was just relaxing, drinking my chai, reading my Bible, reading a book, and just talking, doing nothing. That's the experience of chai. So anyway, all that to say this. Sometimes you go to a place and you get the chai, and because of these health people, you don't know if there is chai is sweet or not sweet. Do I need to add some sugar or do I need to leave it, you know? And you really, the only way to know is to, to, to taste it. You know, you've taken a chai that was cooked with sugar and then you add some sugar and it'll be bittersweet, you know? It'll be terrible. And it's the same thing, I think, with, with the kingdom. All these things of the spirit, people can have head knowledge, they can have good understanding, they could even agree with you. But the real meaning the real life that comes in Jesus. They cannot have it unless they experience it. You cannot get it from the outside. And Nicodemus, as educated as he was, as good a man as he was, as a religious a man as he was, I tell you, this was top-notch students, uh, the Pharisees. These guys memorized the, old, the first five books of the Old Testament. They memorized the punctuations. These guys were good. And comes to Jesus, and Jesus says, you haven't even begun yet. You don't even know the first thing that is to know about the kingdom of God. And you know, some of you are like me. You didn't get it. You could come to this meeting, you didn't get it. But when the Lord came into your life, when you were born again, when you were converted when you truly knew what it meant to have Jesus, to have abundant life, then things begin to make more sense. Things that you've had from your childhood, Bible verses that you had maybe recited in Sunday school or whatever, begin to have a whole different meaning because that word becomes alive because the seed of the word of God was implanted into your heart and what was one dead, what was one dense and lack of understanding with the things of God became alive and life begins to have a whole new meaning about it. See, I don't know how seed is planted in the ground and the first blade of grass comes up. You know, that's life. That's life right there. Plant life. It could be an apple tree. It could be weeds. It could be, uh, you know, the redwoods out in California. They are all living things. They, are, they have life in it. And we know that. But way, 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 way above plant life, you have animal life. It could be a little amoeba or just some little fish, polar bear, zebra, or giraffe. I, I've got to go there. It could be a cute little chihuahua. Or whatever you want to put there. Shih tzus. I like shih tzus better. They have hair. Not far. And they're little enough. You don't have to pick up much. I think about the consequences. My kids have been begging me for five years or more to have a pet. I have said no and no again because I know there is responsibility. I already have seven kids. I don't want another living thing no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but way above, way above the animal life, we have human life, which is a lot more sophisticated. 
that can compose the Beethoven symphony, paint beautiful painting, design and construct skyscrapers, drill the color, speed super deep borehole that is 39,000 feet underground. They can write beautiful songs, harmonies, captivating novels, TV production, put a man on the moon, invent a computer, invent a little device that does more than the computers of 1986. The human life has eyes, got ears, got knowledge, intelligence, can think, can articulate. The human life has opportunities and knowledge that plant life and animal life has no idea about. So far beyond the realm of animal life or human life. And way, 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 way above animal life, or human life, that is, there comes what God calls eternal life, everlasting life. Life that is in a completely different realm, way beyond what human life is. Human life is very well accomplished as it is. We, we know so much. We know our limitations, and we continue to increase in knowledge. We learn from the past, connecting the dots, and we continue to advance. But way above that, not even close, doesn't even come so close, is eternal life. Jesus is saying to Nicodemus and all of us, there is another realm of life that is way above this human life. It is a God life. It is a God life. It's eternal. It brings a new understanding into God's, of God's invisible kingdom. It turns on something, and there's a seed. Like human life, it has a beginning. And the seed is not a human sperm. It's the Word of God. The Word of God comes into a, someone's heart. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Then you, somehow you hear the Word. It activates something. The seed is planted. And that's faith. That's why it says, whosoever believes. Not whosoever does all these things. Whosoever believes in the Son of God will not perish but have eternal life, but have everlasting life. It's dynamic. It's real. And many of you that have experienced this, you know when faith, when that seed is planted in your life by the Word of God and faith activates it because it says, I believe. I believe. I trust you, God. I trust you with my life. I'm laying down my life. See, in human life, we are conditions with so many things. It has a beginning. It has an end. We live. We die. And we fear the death because there's an end. I prayed with someone this morning where I had a family member that lost a 30-day-old baby. I'm thinking, I cannot even begin to imagine what the parent is going through. The gravity of that loss it has a beginning and an end. We pray for them. God's comfort, God's wisdom, infinite wisdom that was well beyond our scope of understanding. But in this human life, we have disappointments, jealousy, hate, 
prejudice, murder, competition, getting walked out on by somebody that you trusted, backbiting, betrayal, fear, death, sickness, disease, infirmity, sin, guilt, temptations, and the struggle goes on. That is all part of what Jesus said there. The flesh gives birth to flesh. But the life that God gives, the life that God gives, this eternal life, is described in another place in the Bible, Romans 14, 17. He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. This God life is about righteousness. It's about peace that surpasses all understanding. It's about the Holy Spirit, the joy in the Holy Spirit. The problem, God had to make it very simple. He made it very simple so that the little kids can have it. It's on the low shelves at the store where the kids can reach it and grab it because they can understand this. That's why you hear scriptures like anyone who wants to be my disciple, they might be like, must be like that little child. But the problem lies with us adults that are grown up. Especially when we become more sophisticated. We have to bend over to reach it. We have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves to reach it. Whosoever shall humble himself, God shall lift. Whoever lifts himself, those the Lord says he will reject. You have to humble ourselves as I can't. I'm not all that after all. It takes a lot to, to accept that for some people. Harder than others. I've done all this by myself. I've worked very hard to accomplish all this that I've done. How dare you tell me that? And then come back and say, no, no, no. I recognize I'm not all that. I need God in my life. I need forgiveness. I need mercy. I need grace to help me in time of need. I am terribly afraid about my future. I am uncertain about... We will hide those. That's the problem. It's so low. We've got to humble and admit that, God, I need you. God, I don't have it all together. I try to put on a good show, and I will do everything in my life to protect that image, the good life, the good life. The good life. I'll compare myself to others. It's got a humble and says, God, I need you. I need help. I don't, got, I don't got it. I don't have it. I know that's not good English. It just sounds better. Whoever came up with that. It begins with a seed of the word of God. And God opens up this new understanding in us. A new realm that has a beginning but has no end. Those of us that are born again in this, in this room today, and you know it, that seed will never die. The Bible says, though you die, you shall live again. A thousand years from now, we'll be talking and praising God in heaven. Can you think a, a billion years from now? How about that? So hard to even fathom that we will forever live in the presence of the Almighty God 
where there is no sorrow, there is no fear, there is no doubt, there is no temptation, there is no nothing, there are no pain, nothing that this world brings. There will be no divisions. This is men of every nation, every kindred, every tribe will worship before the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. Billions and billions of years. That seed has no end. Unlike the human life that has the beginning and the end, this life that God offers He says, I'm giving to you on a platter. It's available for whosoever shall trust in the Son of God. And he says, that, my friend, is a thing of uttermost importance. Many times, Jesus, time and time again, he will make comments like, if your hand would keep you from entering the kingdom of heaven, you're better off cutting off that hand and living with no arm than missing out on the kingdom of God. You think he literally said you cut off your hand? No. He's trying to paint a picture for us of how worth it this life is. He goes someplace that make crazy statements. Like whoever does not, if you lose eternal life because of your brother, your mother, your family, he says you're even better off not being, being cut off from your own family. He's not proposing that we get cut off out of our own families, but he says you're better off than missing out on this eternal life. What profit is there for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit or lose his own soul? He's giving us a picture of how great and how grand this doctrine, this teaching, this understanding of eternal life that comes through the Father and by faith. See, we can understand the law. They do this and do that because it challenges your mind. It's logical. You could understand that. But this concept is spiritual. How do you understand grace? How do you understand unmerited favor? How do you understand that you can never accomplish anything by yourself? Even when you think you know it all, even when you've worked very hard and done all you've done, it says it comes short. You can compare yourself with me. You will look pretty good. Because uh, if you compared yourself with me, talk about how about comparing yourself to God? You come way short, way, way short. Next year, uh, 2017, um, will be marked the 500 years of the Protestant Reformation uh, when uh, Martin Luther wrote all the 95 Theses. And, uh, and he writes, if you read about his story, he says there's a time he was a monk and a teacher of theology. And he says he was so frustrated in his life. And he's teaching the Bible. He's teaching seminary students. And he was so empty. He was so empty in his life because he tried so hard as anybody else to do good, to live righteously, to love God, to do all he can. But there was this dissatisfaction within him. There was a hole within him. And this is a guy who understood the Bible, and he taught the Bible. And they'll go to confessions. And you'd hear people confess last, different things that are crazy like that. And he would think of himself, oh, wow, at least I don't have that kind of problem. And immediately realize that he sinned by pride when he did not sin. And it would be even more frustrating. Runs to Romans, and he's teaching students on something, and he sees that, that by grace alone, 
You have been faith, saved through faith. And a new understanding comes, and his life gets completely changed. And I'm not saying we idolize him or anything like that. But he came to the understanding of eternal life. He changed history. He changed the Christian church. He changed um, many, many, he affected many, many things in the world because he got an understanding of eternal life, the understanding of this life that we have in Jesus. This is about the kingdom of God. Three things, righteousness, peace that passes knowledge, transcends every kind of understanding, all human knowledge combined in every field of study. You think about that. Physics, science, all different kinds of study. You combine all the knowledge of the world. It says that that peace surpasses knowledge. It's not about eating and drinking. It's the kingdom of God's righteousness, peace, and the joy of the Holy Spirit. It says, Those, my, that, my friend, that is the kingdom of God. And we can begin it in this life. And when we study, there is no end to it. Wow. Wow. That is worth living for. I want that. And when I get it, I want to tell everybody about it. That's why he puts such an emphasis on our mission. That in spite of everything we do at the end of the day, that one truth trumps all. And as you grow in God, as you grow in the Word, as you grow in His knowledge, you would find that that internal life will have impact in every living part of you. Every part of your life can be affected in a very positive way. The thing of Adam most important, the life that God gives us. And today, the gift of God is here. Some of you, the seed maybe has been died. I forgot how valuable, what a beautiful pearl you have in your heart that you've forgotten and don't utterly appreciate it. You need a touch of God to bring new life. That's what we are told in Revelation, that we ought to go back to our first love. Our first love is that, when that revelation of eternal life, how Jesus loved us, when we don't deserve it, how Jesus died for us. That is the first love. And when that is turned on in your life consistently, no matter how long you follow the Lord on, on, on this, uh, on, in this life, no matter how long you get to live, if that's always, 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 always the centerpiece of your life, I tell you, you'll have joy. You'll have peace unspeakable. You'll have things that maybe are falling apart begin to come together. You'll have things that you wonder why life is like this. Things will begin to have a better perspective. And you can walk with confidence with your head up because you know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Let's stand together. Did you receive something? Did the Lord speak to you today? Amen. Come on, give him a hand. offering. Clap for him. Thank him for the eternal life that he's given us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray. I want to pray. For a moment, in fact, I want us to raise our hands just towards heaven. Just begin to thank. I don't want to pray for you first. I want you to pray for yourself. And one prayer, it really is about thanking God for what he's done in your life.
Just begin to, come on, you can raise your voice. It's all right. You can be happy. Begin to just thank God. One of the best prayers you can pray is a prayer of thankfulness, contemplating on what he has done for you already. Come on, church. I'm waiting for you. That's why I'm not speaking. I want you to pray. I want you to pray out loud. I want you to give thanks to the Lord. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your praise this morning. Come on, raise your voices towards heaven for the one who died for you, for the one who has loved you to the end, who will never leave you, he will never forsake you. He knows where you've been and he has a wonderful future for you. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bring a song of praise, a song of worship, a song of thankfulness to you, Lord. Oh, sing a new song unto the Lord. Oh, sing a new song of praise. We worship you, Holy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the accomplishment of the cross. Your word says that who can come into the mountain of the Lord? And it says it is he who has a pure heart. It is who who has clean hands. Lord, our hearts are impure without you. Our hands are unclean without you. But the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ on the cross purifies our hearts today cleanses our hands uh, cleanses our lips oh God that you put a new song in our mouths because of the blood of Jesus I pray this morning that you will plead the blood of Jesus of our lives of our hearts of our souls of our spirit that our praise may be counted worthy unto you today Lord that as we raise our voices as we raise our hearts oh God that the blood of Jesus will sanctify our worship oh God that we may enter into the place of of life and abundant life in you Lord. Cleanse us today, Lord, by the blood. Purify our hearts uh, with the living blood of Jesus that makes us whole, that makes us whole, that makes us whole. Thank you for your gift. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your salvation, oh God. I feel like we need to worship more. Oh, just begin to thank him for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness of sin. Thank you for the gift of grace. Thank you for your mercy, oh God, that you bestowed upon us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're awesome. (laughs) You're beautiful beyond description, God. Too marvelous for our words, too wonderful for comprehension, oh God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We don't deserve your grace. We don't deserve your mercy. We don't deserve anything, God. But you so love the world that you gave your one and only son that whoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, we say to you today, we believe. We believe. We believe. Come on, say it with me. We believe. I believe in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, O God. You're marvelous. You're marvelous. You're marvelous, Lord. You're marvelous, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Holy. Thank you, Lord. We cry out to you.
We worship you. You're worthy. Thank you, Lord. In that attitude of worship and prayer, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Just bow your head in reverence of the Lord's presence this morning. Might be talking right now about eternal life, and you're unsure in your life. Maybe you've been a Christian, maybe you go to church even regularly. But this thing, there is still that doubt in your heart. You're not uh, absolutely sure. If you are to die even today, you don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty there. You understand some good ideas. You understand the Bible. But you're not sure about this eternal life. You don't have to walk out of this place today unsure. Because He loves you. He cares for you. And today, He wants to deposit that seed of the Word of God in your life. That you can have eternal life. I don't want you to show me by your hand. I'm looking as everybody's head is bowed here. Just to honor God. I want you to say, Pastor, I, I want that in my life. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want eternal life in my life. I want you to raise your hand. because Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? Take your... Oh, you don't have... To. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for these that raise their hands. We thank you because you look at the heart, not just the outside appearance. You, you look at the heart, oh God. We just thank you for the beginning that, you, that they had your word today. The seed of the word activated something in them that said, God, I need you. God, I want you. God, I want eternal life. I want to be to have this steadfast assurance in my life. And God, right now, I pray for a deposit of the Holy Spirit over their lives. I ask in the name of Jesus that you will activate the life that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I pray right now that you will bind everything, every destructive thing, every fear, every insecurity, everything that's held them back. We pray in the name of Jesus that they will find liberty. They will find liberty and begin the walk that will never end. The walk that begins today and leads for billions and billions and billions of years that will have eternal life. I pray in the name of Jesus. For that seed of the word of God in their lives right now. In the name of Jesus. If you raise your hand, I want to pray with you. I want you to pray with me. Church, congregation, pray along. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I thank you today. I thank you today. For your sacrifice on the cross. For your sacrifice on the cross. I thank you. I thank you. That you died on the cross for me. That you died on the cross for me. Today. Today. I give you my life. I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I put my faith and my trust in you. I put my faith and my trust in you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me this new life. Give me this new life. Deposit in me today. Deposit in me today. This eternal life. This eternal life. That is only found in you. That is only found in you. I trust you. I trust you. And I commit my life to you today. And I keep my in Jesus name Amen 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 Come on, celebrate Celebrate Worship Hallelujah We love you Lord We love you Lord Thank you Lord Thank you Lord We celebrate with you Because there's a celebration in heaven right now Going on for you For the decision you made today A new child has been born in the kingdom of God And heaven celebrates with you And we celebrate with heaven In Jesus name We can worship God right now He's here in this place 
These pastors are going to be here to pray. We're going to pray for the folks also that are, um, uh, got baptized today. If you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit as well, I want to invite you to come. We'll pray for you also. As the leaders in some songs of worship, there'll be prayer going on in this place. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. first verse again. I will bless the Lord forever. I will trust him. Yeah, yeah. He's a deliverer. Yeah, yeah. He set my feet upon a rock. And I will not be, I'll say, of the Lord, you are my seal, my strength, my Deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very prayer, you are my shield, my strength, my portion, yes, you are my shelter, strong tower. My very present help in time of need. Whom have I in heaven but you? There's none beside you, Lord, no, no. Besides you, you, 
tower, my very present, very present help. You are my shield, my strength, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help in time of Without you, Lord, oh God, who am I without you, oh God? Who have I in heaven but you, oh my God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And I will not be Yes, 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 Lord, we bless you, Father. We bless you, Lord God. We bless you, Lord God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We bless your name. We bless your name. Thank you, oh, thank you, Lord. You're indescribable, my God. You're indescribable. Thank you, Lord. It's all about you, Father. Through you, in you, of you, it is still you. From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea, creation's revealing your majesty. From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring, every creature unique in the song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. 
are amazing, God. All powerful, untamable, all struck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, You are amazing, God. Who has told every lightning bolt where it should go? Our God, or seen heavenly storehouses laden with snow. Who imagined the sun and gives source to its light? Yet conceals it to bring us the coolness of night. None can fathom. Indescribable, uncontainable, you place the stars, you know them by name, incomparable, incomparable, unchangeable, you see the depth, you love me the same. Uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky, you know them by name. Incomparable, incomparable, unchangeable, you Unchanging God, that's who you are, say you, you, indescribable, say, indescribable, uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name, you are amazing God, incomparable, incomparable, unchanging you see the depths of my heart. You know that you are amazing. Indescribable, say. Indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing. Incomparable, say. Incomparable. You see the depth of my heart and you love me the same. You are amazing, God. You, 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 you. My God, it's all about you.
Yes, oh God. Yes, oh God. Yes, oh God, we love you. You're always, God, fighting for us. You're always has angels, armies all around us, Father. We love you. Say, you are always fighting for us. Heaven's angels all around. My delight is found in knowing that you wear the victor's crown. You're my help and my defender. You're my savior and my friend. By your grace I live and breathe to worship you. At the mention of your greatness, in your name I will bow down. In your presence fear is silent, for you wear the victor's crown. Give the glory, fill this temple. Let your power overflow. By your grace I live and breathe to worship you. Hallelujah. You have As the lost become the found, you can never be defeated, for you wear the victor's crown. Jesus the Messiah, you're the hope of all the world. By your grace I live and breathe to worship you. shall be broken you wear the victor's crown you overcome you say every high thing must come down every song shall be broken you wear the victor's crown you overcome you overcome now listen to this verse sing it with us at the cross the work was finished you were buried in the ground, but the grave could not contain you. Oh, for you wear the victor's crown. Hallelujah. You have all. Yes, oh God. Hallelujah. 
Jesus, you have overcome the world. Every thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You overcome. You have overcome. Yes, hey. Every thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You have overcome. You Let me hear you say. Every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You, you have overcome. You have overcome. Every high thing must come down. Yes, Lord. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You, you overcome. You, you overcome. We praise you, Lord God. We magnify your name, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isn't it good? Yes. You think the praise and worship is good here? Can you imagine for billions of years with a host of angels, the 24 elders before the throne of the Most High God? How awesome the praise and worship would be. Now, if you committed your life to Jesus today, if you gave your heart to Jesus, we want to encourage you. You just, began, you just made the best decision in your life. If you haven't already talked to one of our... Hey, come on. You can give me my hand. You give me my hand. If you haven't talked to any of our leaders yet, be sure to talk to one of them. We want to put some tools in your hands so you can begin to grow. You can get stronger and stronger and stronger in the Lord. Amen? Amen. So before I pray, and we're going to live singing and praising God. Um, the envelopes I gave you earlier, please, um, p- the ushers will collect them. Even if there's no money in it, just write what you, th- you believe or you want to give in the next 30 days. It will help us a lot to plan, and we thank you very much in advance for doing that. Father, I thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you for the gift of salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. As you said in Ephesians, oh God, in you we have redemption through your blood, the forgiveness of sins which you've afforded us. Oh God, in your loving kindness, oh God, and your tender masters, we thank you. We thank you right now as we go out of this place, oh God. I pray that the life of Jesus, oh God, will fill our hearts so much that we can't help but spread that life all around us this week in our jobs, in our communities, through our families, and everyone we come about, oh God. Use us, oh God, and fill us afresh, oh God, we pray. I pray blessing on every family, every individual, in their walk, in their lives, in their jobs, their finances, their health, their community. We pray even for that family I prayed to Paul this morning. They lost a a very precious loved one, oh God. We pray for comfort in their lives, oh God. We pray for healing, oh God. We pray that they will find you to be a faithful God. Even when we don't understand it, even when we can't make sense of it, that they would be comforted with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We thank you. We honor you now with our praise and our offering. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week in Christ. Amen.